0: Hey, folks! This is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. Thank you for joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I hope y'all are surviving this uh, Christmas season. It's kind of sad that you have to say that, isn't it? That you're worried about people surviving the season because we've we've become so busy. And have so many things going on uh, that we're stressed out. And that's a whole nother Priorities Podcast. And maybe we'll do that sometime. <laughs> but not right now. Uh, got a little rain on the homestead, which is good. And... Yeah. That's really about it. We uh, managed to save one whole row. I think of bok choy from the rabbits and deer and dogs and raccoons and everything else and lack of water. Uh, I say I think because I didn't make a map of all the different things we planted in different parts of the garden, but that's our general consensus and so at least we've got something growing out there. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast and the people that listen to it and share it. Be with them and their families. Guide them. Bless them. Protect them from evil of any kind. Be with our nation, Lord. Be with our leaders. Be with those in the military, those in law enforcement, our firefighters, those who protect us. Guide our path, Lord. Show us what you want us to do, when you want us to. Forgive us our sins, Father, please. Forgive us our sins as individuals and as a nation. Our support of evil. For calling evil good and good evil. Or for going along with those who do it. Help us to seek you first. To love you with all that we are. To love our neighbors as ourselves and watch over those who are broken-hearted, Father, who feel completely lost, like nobody cares, that they don't have any hope. Help us to give them hope and help us to trust in you more each day. And God my words here, Father. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. thought of analogy this morning while I was praying that I want to share with you real quick, and then we'll get back into this fireside chat. And it's not a perfect analogy, folks. Uh, I think there's a lot of us out there, though, that we want to know what's coming, right? And we try and control everything as much as we can. And as I was sitting here thinking about God's word being a lamp unto our feet guiding us on this path it struck me that it really is like a lamp and and that lamp it only shows us so much right as you get toward the edge of the light you don't know what's outside that light and but the lamp holder God, Jesus Christ, he does, and he's right there with us. And the more we read the Bible, so you can imagine us walking down this path, you or or me or whoever, and Jesus Christ right there beside you, right? And you're walking down this path, and, and the farther you get toward the edge of the light, the less... You know, the closer you are to darkness, the closer you are to evil, the closer you are to bad things. And the less you can see of what's going on around you, the less you you know. But the closer you get to Jesus Christ and the light, Holy Spirit, God, the more you can see. And, and the stronger that light is and the more it shines, like the more you can see, right? Not just, <clears throat> not just the wider area, but the more detail you can see in the area that you can see. And of course the analogy breaks down a little bit because sometimes wars happen, famines happen, disease, because evil has managed to sneak into that light. Because God gave us free will. He gave us choice. and You know, we like to look back at Adam and Eve and say, I would have made a different decision. I I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have eaten that apple for the women and then the men. I wouldn't have listened to that woman. I wouldn't have taken that apple. When the truth is, we really all would have done the same thing. At the end of the day. Or we would have found some other way to mess it up. And so we have evil that's come into this world. And so... It doesn't mean that we're going to be protected from physical harm. And I need to work on the analogy a little bit here, but there's something about the light and the soul because our body might get hurt. We might get sick. We might get broken. We might die in war, famine. Jesus Christ is going to take care of our body, I mean our soul. Our soul is going to Continue. He's going to get that and take care of that. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you for whatever it's worth. <laughs> uh, we're going to get back in. I'm going to read just a little bit of what I read already, just because it's, uh, well, it's just so important. After the armistice in 1918, we thought and hoped that the militaristic philosophy of Germany had been crushed. And being full of the milk of human kindness, we spent the next 20 years disarming, while the Germans twined so pathetically that the other nations permitted them and even helped them to rearm. For too many years, we lived on pious hopes that aggressor and warlike nations would learn and understand and carry out the doctrine of purely voluntary peace. i got to stop for a minute here. I know we read this, folks, but the hope part is so important. Hope is not a plan. <clears throat> You've heard that before, uh, it's cliche, but it's it's said for a reason, it's a good reason. Hoping something is going to turn out one way doesn't mean that it's going to, and as a leader, you have no right to base all your plans on that. Napoleon once said something along the lines of, one of the greatest mistakes of a of a military leader is to... Think that they know what the enemy's going to do and plan on that when the enemy might do something completely different. And in the 1920s and 30s, what FDR is talking about here is everybody put their hopes on the fact that the Germans weren't really going to start a war again, the Japanese weren't really going to attack America the italians would never really join with hitler we put all our hopes in these in these dreams these these pious hopes as fdr calls it here that aggressor and warlike nations would learn and understand and carry out the doctrine of purely voluntary peace and we have this hope today in america that that the left is going to wake up at some point it, it really is, folks. It's very similar to to the relationship or the analogy of an abusive marriage, whether it's the husband beating the wife or the wife being uh, verbally, emotionally abusive to the husband or, or whatever combination you want to pick. You pick it, those you've seen in your own life, I'm sure some. And, and there's this just discontinued hope that eventually the warlike spouse The aggressor spouse, whether it's passive-aggressively or aggressive-aggressively, is going to wake up, and they're going to decide that they want peace and love and unity all on their own. And it's a total pipe dream. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. And it certainly is not a plan. And we keep hoping that the left is going to wake up and they're going to stop supporting slaughtering babies. They're going to stop supporting sexual deviancy of every kind via the LGBTQ. Uh, We're going to wake up all of a sudden and stop supporting no-fault divorce. You know, or the church, all of a sudden, these mainline denominations, we're going to wake up and stop supporting female pastors, which is absolutely unbiblical, right? Or we're going to, somebody's going to wake up and shut the border down. And we're going to stop letting all these criminals who don't care about our country or our father's faith, our founding faith, into the country. Or surely the left isn't going to go back down this road of segregation and racism. And yet we see classes now being offered by colleges based on skin color. Surely we're not gonna go down, the left isn't gonna take us down the path of anti-Semitism again. And yet you see the American left joining forces with Muslims to spread anti-Semitism via our education system today, blatantly. Surely, surely we're not gonna go down this path again. Everybody wants peace. Everybody's going to push for peace. Surely the left isn't going to continue down this path of feminism when obviously the women are hurting. The studies show it, even out of the liberal left-wing educational institutions, they show it. Surely they see that now. Transgenderism. Women are getting hurt physically in sports. and Again, the Demise of marriage and the family via the LGBTQ movement and feminism. Surely, surely, we're gonna stop. The left is gonna stop. They they want peace. Do you not see it, folks? They're never gonna stop. Just like Germany didn't. Just like Japan didn't. just like the USSR didn't, just like China is not, just like Iran is not, just like the British didn't in the Revolutionary War. Hoping that the aggressor, that the the side that calls evil good and good evil is going to suddenly wake up and purely and want purely voluntary peace well FDR's next couple paragraphs talk about it pretty well the well-intentioned but ill-fated experiments of former years did not work it is my hope that we will not try them again no that is putting it too weakly it is my intention to do all that I humanly can as president and commander in chief to see to it that these tragic mistakes shall not be made again There have always been cheerful idiots in this country who believed that there would be no more war for us if everybody in America would only return into their homes and lock their front doors behind them, assuming that their motives were of the highest. Events have shown how unwilling they were to face the facts. Really, talking to the Christians and conservatives right now, especially folks, we have been and are continuing to be the useful idiots. In whatever part of the world, the country that you're in right now, and in whatever profession you're in, if you're not talking to people about the fact that we need to be drastically increasing our local police departments, our local sheriff's office, especially outside of these major leftist metropolitan areas, increasing the number of officers, increasing the training, improving the equipment. If you're not talking to your church members about the fact that you need to be building ties, strong ties at the local level between different churches and different communities, all of these folks based on God-fearing men in those positions, not women, Sorry, not men who are conservatively, you know, fiscally conservative, but socially liberal. Men who fear God in those positions. If we're not coordinating, strengthening those ties right now, doing everything we can at every level we can locally, between our churches, between our communities different organizations that are pro-America, pro-founding faith America, folks, not just people that claim to be a patriot or claim to support America but don't have any idea what those principles really are and take God out of the equation most of all, then we're being the useful idiots. The fact that the states that have conservative majorities, truly conservative, and there's not very many of them, aren't absolutely beefing up their state guards. We're being the useful idiots. We're assuming the left is gonna stop and they're never gonna stop, folks. There's there's no historical modern evidence that leftist, communist socialists, fascists, Nazis, ever stop. There's not one single example, and throw in the Muslim terrorists into that group, there's not one single example where they stop on their own. And just, oh, by the by, just, just remember again, folks, both with those groups, all of those groups, really, communists, socialists, leftists, uh, Muslims, fascists, Nazis, like, there's the vocal people, right, but then there's so many that support simply because they, they actually kind of agree with it. They silently support it, right? The overwhelming majority of all people in the world want peace. Most of them are fighting for the attainment of peace, not just a truce, not just an armistice, but peace that is as strongly enforced, as durable, as mortal man can make it. If we are willing to fight for peace now, is it not good logic that we should use force if necessary in the future to keep the peace? I believe, and I think I can say, that the other three great nations who are fighting so magnificently to gain peace are in complete agreement that we must be prepared to keep the peace by force. If the people of Germany and Japan are made to realize thoroughly that the world is not going to let them break out again, it is possible, and I hope probable, that they will abandon the philosophy of aggression, the belief that they can gain the whole world even at the risk of losing their own souls. I shall have more to say about the Cairo and Tehran conferences when I make my report to Congress in about two weeks' time. And on that occasion, I shall have a great deal to say about certain conditions here at home. But today, I wish to say that in all my travels, at home and abroad, it is the sight of our soldiers and sailors and their magnificent achievements which have given me the greatest inspiration and the greatest encouragement for our future. To the members of our armed forces, to their wives, mothers, and fathers, I want to affirm the great faith and confidence that we have in General Marshall and in Admiral King, who direct all of our armed might throughout the world. Upon them falls the great responsibility of planning the strategy and determining where and when we shall fight. Both of these men have already gained high places in American history, which will record many evidences of their military genius that cannot be published today. Some of our men overseas are now spending their third Christmas far from home. To them, and to all others overseas, or soon to go overseas, I can give assurance that it is the purpose of their government to win this war and bring them home at the earliest possible time. We here in the United States had better be sure that when our soldiers and sailors do come home, they will find an America in which they are given full opportunities for education and rehabilitation, social security and employment and business enterprise under the free American system. And that they will find a government which, by their votes as American citizens, they have had a full share in electing. I really don't have time to cover this well, folks, but there's an important point right there at the end. Uh, One of the reasons that the military is having so much trouble recruiting today is that we have we're no longer a God-centered nation. And so these young men that were asking to go die, they're looking going, why would I do that? Why would I trade my life for what I see right now? Especially when so much of the country is indifferent toward my sacrifice at best and, and a large chunk are hostile to it. Especially when I have leaders that, that stand for principles that destroy very country that I'm supposed to go fight and give my life for, when you have a godless country, (laughs) then the military either falls apart or it's the kind of military that you see in China and Iran and North Korea and Japan 80 years ago and Germany 80 years ago. And that's again where we're headed, folks. And you need to have your eyes open, and and we need to not have blinders on. God bless you all, your families, your marriages in America. We'll talk to you all again real soon.